Hello there, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison, and welcome back to Hot Takes Wednesday with me and our humble friend, Kieran. How's it going, Kieran? I'm just feeling very sexy and very alive, Dre. <laughs> as as wise and as modest as ever. We love Kieran for that. Welcome back to Hot Takes Wednesday, everybody. And it's your show where you send us in your spiciest takes regarding the sport of Formula One. And it's down to us to react and decide whether we agree with them or not. Because, well, goodness knows. Last week, we almost came to blows over Charles Leclerc. So I think it's already going well between us to start off with as time has gone on. And uh, big, big world champion flavor on last week's show. It made for some very, very interesting takes indeed. And yeah, looking forward to having a discussion over some of these because some of these are very, very good. If I do say so myself, so I had a sneak peek before I had to put them in on Twitch. So this is going to disgraceful. Be That's disgraceful. It can't be. We can't be judging a hot take if we've been researching it, Drake. Can we? I'm not researching. I, I just had. I had to look at it to put them into Streamlabs. Don't you lie. Know? You've been. You spent all day sitting down, like all your books about Formula One out, referencing encyclopedias and dictionaries. I know what you've been doing. It's disgraceful. I I, I I I refuse to either like confirm or deny these allegations made against me about being a Formula One bookworm. Um, see, I, th- this is why I'm the voice of the people because I'm reacting blind. So hashtag voice of the people at Kieran WTF1 on Twitter. I look forward to your two replies telling you that you're the voice of the people. Like I, me I too. Want, I want you to share them with the world when they eventually come. My mother and my father. <laughs> Very much so. Before we get cracking into these hot takes, just to let you know as well, we've actually got some new merchandise to sell as well. We are, yeah, we're fancy now, and we it's 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 for the special someone in your life. It's some Valentine's Day. I have but, nobody. <laughs> then buy it for yourself. Love yourself, Kieran. Because yeah, you know, if you can't love yourself, then how can you expect somebody else to? Point is, we've got some Valentine's Day merch available on our store. Um, and that is WTF1 shop.wtf1.com. You can check that out as well. We've got cards, mugs, all that good stuff, some great slogans on there as well. Uh, that we came up with. And if you really like it, you can even get them a, a discount code on it as well at Valentine 15. Valentine 15, V A L E N T I N E 15. You can get 15% off your order. Uh, by entering Valentine 15 as a code at checkout. So do check that out when you get an opportunity. So welcome to Hot Takes Wednesday. Let's get into it. We've got seven takes sent in by you folks on Twitter. Seven? Seven. Yeah, we, we thought we mixed it up. We had five first time, ten last time. We've now found the sweet spot in seven. So we're what a bizarre go- number of takes that is. Hopefully it's lucky for us. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into take number one, and it's from RST mate. Um, again, I hope again, I hope I pronounce these names right. I'm not the best with names, and you may have established by now if you've listened to two or three of these. Uh, RST mate puts in Piastri has Leclerc level potential. Leclerc has so Piastri has Leclerc level potential. That's from RST mate. Again, guys in the chat on Twitch, get your numbers in on the scale. I'd love to hear what you guys think as well. But Kieran, how do you feel about this one? Piastri has Leclerc level potential. This should be an easy one for him, given how much you've talked him down over the last week. Well, I was going to say if this is if he's got the potential to not win a world championship, then I'd fully agree with the statement. Yeah, if that's what we're <laughs> aiming for. I mean, I, I find that a strange scale. Like Leclerc level potential. I don't know why would you choose Leclerc as a comparison point there. Like that means nothing really. 
Like that, that that would be suggesting Leclerc is currently the best driver on the grid, and he's not. Well, so, I wouldn't go well, that far. But, but why, why why are we aiming like at such a strange midpoint there? How is Leclerc a midpoint to you? Well, no, but it's not an extreme. Like if he was winning world championships, then that is the extreme comparison. What what are we comparing him to? What has he achieved? Well, I, I think it's fair to say Leclerc is probably like a top three or four driver on the grid. I would say. And I would say that, you know, he's he's a guy that is you know, a multiple race winner, that sort of level, potential title contender. I think that's a pretty good yardstick in, 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 as to where he could be. Um, and I mean, I, I, in, in that case, if we're talking someone who could be at the top, uh, like finishing second or third, then, yeah, I would completely agree. And it's a sort of prediction that when it's with a rookie, obviously, like, it could turn out to be completely wrong, and we don't know. Until we see Oscar on track over a season, we won't know. But no one really comes into a rookie season with more reasons to be optimistic. And my all of my predictions have been very positive for Oscar coming in. And I think he's doing is I think he's going to do a very good job, and I think he will adjust pretty quickly. So I mean, if, if we're talking someone who within a few years could be pushing top six, top four, uh, maybe even higher, then yeah, I'd agree with that one. Yeah. What about you, Dre? Um, this is tricky because, like, Piastri, the driver, has done just about everything right. Uh, like I, I mentioned it before, he won three straight Junior Series titles to get hit here in the first place, winning Formula Regional, then Formula Three, then F two, all at the first time of asking. That is exactly what we want from prospects that are coming into F one. No one's going to argue with anybody that's climbed the ladder that quickly. Um, but he also set out a year. And he's also walking into a McLaren team that's got Lando Norris alongside of him. It's going to be hard for Oscar to stand out in that scenario. It is a doomsday scenario. I can't think of much worse scenarios for a rookie coming in than a McLaren that's got a reputation of being difficult to drive and Lando, who is a, again, arguable top four to five level driver on the grid, in my humble opinion. So... I think the potential is there, but I'm not sure if the scenario is the best fit for someone like Piastri to shine. I've said before on other places, I think if he just keeps his mouth shut and drives for Alpine, when the controversy kicked off last year regarding Alpine and who's going to drive for them and the handshake agreement between his agent Mark Webber and McLaren, I think he's in a better scenario than if he goes to McLaren. Maybe there was financial incentives involved and things like that. So I, I fear that Piastri has got the potential, but he's in the worst-case scenario for it. Um, it's going to be hard for him to shine in, the, in that setup. That's how I look at it. So with that in mind, I'm thinking three on this one. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence on this one. I think Piastri's a great talent. I think the way his career has, has been set up, I think he's doomed to fail. And that's what worries me about him. It's, it's not the driver himself. It's everything else around him that worries me about it. I mean, again, how do you feel about it, Kieran? I mean, I, I don't think he's doomed to fail in the slightest. I think he'll absolutely thrive in those conditions. And I think he's the one driver who could go and do that at McLaren. It's someone who has not been imprinted on how you drive a certain type of car. They've not got experience in Formula One. He will. I think he will adapt. I think he is the best person for that role. So, I mean, this is something I don't mind being quite bold on because I think he mm. is going to do incredibly well. So, yeah, I'll go, I'll go five on that one. I, I completely agree. Five? You know, those levels, yeah. 
Well, to be fair, this is more than the fact you, you think Leclerc is mid. Like, so, like, I guess that's... I don't know. I don't think Leclerc is mid. I think he, he got a lot more praise than he deserved last season, uh, just for finishing second. I, yeah. And, and, and I, I, I think the McLaren, I think a lot of people are looking down on McLaren now because of how they treated Daniel or whatever. And I just think, like, Ricardo, his situation in comparison with Piastri's are so entirely different. So writing off the seat because Daniel struggled does not mean either driver will either struggle or is finished as a driver. No, it's just I think fair. I just think Oscar will suit way better. Yeah, and yeah, I completely agree with Clover in the chat saying, "Yo, place some blame on Ferrari for Leclerc." And I completely agree with you. I think Ferrari has not been a particularly competent team for the majority of their last few years in this sport, and they've ruined better talent than Leclerc, to say the least. And Leclerc is a superb driver. I mean, chat I see went mostly twos and threes. So I think they're pretty split on this one. Um, but yeah, like I, I think I think Leclerc is an, is an, is an, is an insane talent. I've, I've shined on the other side of that, which makes me think it's going to be hard for Piastri to match that, given the scenario and given how... like. Charles Leclerc was seen as the golden child when he came through F2. I remember how much hype he was getting when he debuted in F1. So it's going to be hard for Piastri to get to that point, especially given what he's walking into. Um, well, I mean, but at what point do we say Leclerc isn't really achieving a huge deal? Like, say it's all well and good saying he's a golden boy coming through and it's Ferrari's fault, everything is Ferrari's fault. And yeah, granted, Ferrari were dreadful as a team last year, but... It was also on him as well. He lost points as well himself. Nowhere not... near as many as Ferrari lost. No, well, no, but, no, but that's not the factor. It, it, it doesn't say, oh, he's a perfect driver, but Ferrari lost him the title. Because I no. don't think that's true at all. No, no. Look, 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 like I said before, Red Bull, the way they hit the second half of the season last year, there, no one was touching them. Like, yeah. you... Yeah. If, you said, if you said, if the question was, will Oscar, Oscar Piastri has Verstappen potential, I would say no. Because I don't see Leclerc having Verstappen potential. I've, I think it's a good yardstick. I think it's a great. I mean, look, if you are if you are a multiple time race winner in Formula One with a championship runner up under your mantelpiece, you're already in like the top one percent of F1 drivers ever. Like, like you got like you got to think relative. Like I looked at like for example when Romain Grosjean left Formula One and he had ten podiums, and I thought that's a great career. Like that is for F1. That is far, far better than the average driver has ever done, let alone winning multiple races, having like double-digit pole positions. Like, you've already got a pretty big foothold in terms of F1 history if that's what you've achieved already. So mm. I think it's a great yardstick, personally. But, uh, yeah, good take, RST, mate. I do I do, I do appreciate that one. Um, we're already being divisive over Leclerc again. It took us 10 whole minutes, people. 10 minutes. That's record time for us. We'll stop <laughs> overly praising him then, everyone. That's what... <laughs> Maybe, maybe you're the problem, Kieran. Just, just for throwing. That oh, I'm, out I'm sorry. I love shot. Yeah, I, I think he's fantastic. He's going to win this year, guys. <laughs> My sarcasm meter just exploded. Good, um, because I was being incredibly sarcastic. Clearly, <laughs> bloody hell. Uh, right, second one up from Isolation Gamer One. Second take, and this is a very interesting one. If the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix track was built anywhere else in the world, it would be rated as one of the best tracks of all time. So that's again, I say she gave one. If the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix track was built anywhere else in the world, it would be rated as one of the best tracks of all time. Now, I, I don't, I don't, you can't, I don't think you can judge a track that highly after two races. 
That's I fair. think take it taking that context of where it is and the oil money used to get it there. I, I you can't. It's way too early to judge something in the history of the sport that spans what seventy what seventy three. What year is it? Seventy three years, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, seventy three. Yeah, like two races does not. You can't compare it to an Interlagos, for example. You need to build a much wider do- uh, pool of data. But on on a hunch, I I mean I've been open. I think Jeddah is a fantastic race. I think it is both times has been brilliant. It's eventful. It's just on the right side of dangerous, but obviously not enough to be causing serious incident. But it is every corner matters, and there is a lot riding on every corner, every turn. And I think it's fantastic. And the problem I have with it is why it is where it is. But so in the context of the question, I think in a few years, I could completely agree with that if it carried Mm. on the trend it's currently on. Mm. It's an interesting one. I like again, we, we, we like I, I will happily address the elephant in the room. It's an easy it's an easy statement to make because it's in Saudi Arabia and because of the sports washing that comes with that, the political issues that come with that. Let's not forget we as much as we had a great race this year, there was a missile strike in the area, which understandably made a lot of people very nervous about it. It's 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 the, the Saudi regime and the track itself. It's the socially acceptable track to label as the sports washers. And, that, and that's how we discuss it in the grand scheme. Because anyone that knows their sport knows that because Saudi Arabia has had everything. Like as had pretty much every major sports league on earth um, have events in their country because the money is too big to resist. Um, ignoring that for just a second, there's something to that. Like, I, I think there is something to this take in the sense of, I think it has produced great races. I mean, the first time round was a lot of drama. Second time round was probably a bit more of a pure entertainment race. And I think it was one of the better races of last year, certainly. Um, I do have issues with it as a track. I think as a street circuit, the average speed might be a little bit too high. I think it's well north of 155 miles an hour for a lap, which is insanely fast for any F1 track, let alone a street circuit with, you know, blind corners and, you know, concrete short runoffs in certain places. <laughs> Again, like asking questions about how dangerous it could be is a bit like asking how long is a piece of string. Everyone's got their own perception of, of how much is too much. But I think the track has existential problems and that's ignoring all of the sports washing and the political aspects of talking about just it being in Saudi Arabia. Um, if it was, say, in Italy, we'd probably, yeah, we probably would look a little bit more favorably at it. We probably would turn a bit more of a blind eye towards some of its issues. Um, so with that in mind, mm, I'm going to say three. I you know I might even go up to four on this one. I think that I think the way we are as fans, and I think a lot of it is quite fickle. I think we'd look at it a lot more favorably if it wasn't for the country it's in. So I'm going to say four. Actually, what do you reckon, Kieran? I think it's a solid four from me, but I would happily, after say four or five more races of that quality, would happily go up to a five, and I would anticipate doing that because I think it's fantastic. The track. The track yeah. itself and the race. Yeah, like it's 
I, I can see the potential of this track being an all-timer. I can certainly see it. Absolutely. Like, like there are problems with it, but in terms of spectacle, it's up there. I, I, and again, I can I agree with you, Kieran, in that, yes, the, the sample size is still probably a bit too small. You'd probably need to get at least five or six of these in, and then you can start thinking, well, if you get five or six great races here in a row, then, you know, you're, you're onto something here, clearly. But you know, probably just not yet. Like four, maybe a three, you know, decimal points might start confusing people. So I'm not going to go down that road. Chat was, chat disagrees with us massively. I think I, I saw mostly ones and twos in the chat, which I thought was quite interesting. I don't, um, I, 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 has anyone sort of commented on why that would be? Because I would love to know the context behind that. We've had two of the best races of the last two years there. So w- where are chat coming from with that? Yeah, like I, I think it's I think it's the all time bit at the end, which I think is a fair it's a fair criticism. It's like one of the best tracks of all time for which which for a two year track is probably a bit strong. Um, yeah, but so, you, you you also have to have to take into account that like percentage wise, if we're using ratios and all that here, ratios of great races at that track are a hundred percent currently. Sure, so but if, any, if anything, well, yeah, but I'm, but ruling out and saying one is not giving credence to the fact that it has been great racing there from what we've seen so far. I feel like that's way too decisive to sure. go, oh no, this will never be. And then, so what? So just one day suddenly that's going to be a five if it turns out to be true. Yeah, okay. Have, yeah. have, some, have some forward thinking people. Have yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'll actually not mind back down to a three because. Oh, yeah. you're being bullied by chat, Dre. No, because it's it's a valid. Shameful. Point. No, because I think <laughs> it's a no, because I think the chat's been valid. I think yeah, saying the, the take reads one of the best tracks of all time, and it's very hard to do that after two years. The song. Well, no, but, like, uh, I said that. I said that straight away. But yeah. it, it, like, oh, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. not going to be intimidated by chat. I don't care what you think. If, like I believe in valid measured opinions, my friend. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, so let's listen to chat and social media, which always have the best ideas, don't they? Says the Leclerc man in the background over there. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> let, let him win a world championship. Let him. Let him win a world championship then. And I'll be the first man to cheer him when he does. Okay. Let's, okay. Take number three from the real Vincent F1. Oh, it's a Ferrari take. Uh, nothing against Ferrari, but I can't see them managing to win a construct any championship, drivers or constructors, in the next ten years. So uh, basically, can't see Ferrari winning either major title for the next decade. Hmm, this is an interesting one. I'll take this one to start off with, and well, they're on a fourteen-year dry spell at the moment. <laughs> There's kind of no getting around that. <laughs> like their last title they won was the constructors in 2008. Um, with you know they they, they split them because obviously Massa beat Hamilton to the drivers' title by a single point. Um, so when they're on a 14 year dry spell, it's... Massa beat Hamilton. Oh, sorry, Hamilton beat Massa. Sorry, <laughs> mispronounced that one quite badly. There, <laughs> I, I still have flashbacks of Massa beating his chest when he got out of the car, I'm thinking, "Yeah, Massa won the title." No, he just yeah. won the race, and we <laughs> fell on his sword. Bless him. But uh, no, I was going to say it's been—I mean, it's been 14 years. It's—I don't think it's a huge leap of faith to say they'll probably go the next 10 without winning them. I mean, they have all the resources to do it. 
Like they've got all the technical staff in the world and some good ones still there. They've produced, I think, championship level cars on occasion um, in, in that 14 year dry spell. They've had drivers that have proven their worth to, to you know have championship level capabilities, including Charles Leclerc. Um, but um, <laughs> I can see you just shaking his head there. Um, but they've had Fernando Alonso, they've had Sebastian Vettel, they've had Kimi Räikkönen, and you know Räikkönen was the last man to win him a title uh, from a driver's standpoint. So they've had guys that can do it elsewhere. But there's just fundamental problems with how this team operates that it kind of makes it hard for you to back them to win a title. Because I think there will always be that niggling doubt in the back of your head thinking, like Dick Dastardly in Racky Races, how do they find a way to lose from here? It's like, if you ever watched that cartoon growing up, and I did on Boomerang as for those guys who were, I'm showing my age a little bit here, I admit, but there was always a, some sort of completely random moment that would screw them out of winning. And it's the same way with Ferrari. They will find a way to take defeat from the jaws of victory. And that, so that's how I feel about Ferrari. I mean, how do you feel about it initially, Kieran? Well, I think, uh, look, 10 years is a long time to be saying, like, if you if the take was in the next five years, I can't see him winning as drivers or a world uh, constructors. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But I think 10 years, that's doing Ferrari the disservice of thinking they would go 10 years without making incredible amounts of changes without winning. And I think, honestly, if we get five years from now, then they might start to deeply address some of the problems that are clearly so much deeper rooted than just changing a team principal mm. or changing a driver. Like, and if it if this was true, if they got ten years into the future without winning either, then I think that would be a catastrophic failure for what they have and what they their resources, their tradition, their you know just the name Ferrari. That would be shambolic and at the moment i can see them being shambolic quite regularly but i would like to think i would like to give them the, the benefit of the doubt of in the next few years they will seriously address how they look at their hiring processes they might become more ruthless and try and take employees from red bull or from mercedes like i ferrari just need a different approach all over the board and i think that could happen within 10 years but it's so hard to say 10 years is a long time well, I was going to say, 14 years without a title is already a disaster for Ferrari. Like that's, they're already yeah. in disaster territory. For, we evaluate Ferrari as a team in the context of major championships and seeing them dominate with Michael Schumacher in the modern age of Formula One. Like that's what we associate them with winning, success, the sexy brand, and being at the top of the sports. And the fact that they've gone 14 years since they last won a major title is an embarrassment for a company of that size and resources and riches. So I think it's more than conceivable that they'll, they, they'll go another 10 without winning another title. I think that's more, they've already proven they can go 10 years without winning a title because they're literally doing that right now. So, you know, it's going mm. to take like big, it's going to take a big overhaul, a little bit of luck, you know, maybe Red Bull being hit by the cost cap. And I saw Christian Horner talking about that to the press this morning, saying that it's already hurt them. How much? We shall see. But Ferrari's in a decent spot right now to be able to win a title. Like, 
They've got, again, I think they've got a, a very solid driver pairing. I think they have a good car. It's certainly quick, um, especially over a single lap. If they can fix the tire wear, then I think they're onto something here. But this is Ferrari, and it's going to take a lot for me to shake that niggle in the back of my head, like I mentioned earlier, about how you're just kind of waiting for them to fail, in a sense. So with that in mind, I'm going to say four on this one. What do you reckon, Kieran? I I think a, a two. I think it's so bold really? to say 10 years in the future. And like, on one hand, you can look at it and say, yes, it's been 14 years, but that makes another 10, to me, even more ridiculous because you've got to think the work has been done to try and improve them up to this point. Mm. And I, I just think even if that's not the case, even if these next two years are not their years, which I don't think they are personally, but from a kind of an objective level where they're at, this is a great chance, like you say. If this doesn't happen now, they will do anything to try and fix it. They have to. They have to for the good of the brand. So I can't see it being 10 years. Well, you say that, but their 2020, I think their 2020 season was their worst season in 60 years when they were sick from the constructors. So they've had even bigger disasters very recently, you know, in in, in the modern scale of F1. Well, yeah, so, but within two years, they are second in the constructors. No, I was going to say, like, I was going to say, like, you can't really be talking about, you know, how they bounced back from that horrible season. What they're doing right now is they're doing what they should be doing. Like, their 2020 season was all-time bad. It was like their worst season in 60 years. The fact they bounced back to where they should be isn't really much of an achievement. I say this about Aston Martin all the time. They're still not back to what they were when their car was painted pink and they were racing points, where they were the third best team in the sport. Well, no, but it's all you can do, isn't it? If you have a slump, all you can do initially is get back to where you were. Like, that's the first step of progress. Like, yeah, sure, if, if they'd had that awful season in 2020 and then just stayed there... I think, personally, that would be worse than coming back to second in the title. I don't think they've got what it takes with these drivers and with where they are at the moment to push on further than that. But it's a, it's a sign that that didn't finish them off. They didn't have one bad season and they were like, right, we're reserved to midfield forever. That's clearly not the case. But They're too, they're, they're too good not to be down there, though. They they were spending two, three hundred million a year on their car before the cost cap came in. You know they've got me. We've got more resources than just about anyone in this sport. They should be in the top three every year. Like the fact they were sick and they didn't turn the whole team over, I thought was astonishing. That of Ferrari, it's like Ferrari had the reputation of being ruthless, and then they ended up going the other way and being really soft with it afterwards. It's it's it, it's a bizarre factory, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much of a benefit of the doubt you want to give them, but clearly you have because you've gone two. And I went well, the no, other one. Well, no, because because but, I think 10 years is a huge amount of time in Formula One. Yeah. I, okay. I think if any, if anyone could, bold, like, what could you possibly boldly predict that's going to happen in 10 years? Think back to 20, 2012. Would you have predicted everything that has happened and where teams would have ended up then as you would have done in 2012? Probably not. It was a very different landscape. Sure. But it's like I said, it's more than doable because we're in it right now. So, yeah. Although, know. to be fair, actually, 2012, it would have been actually very similar looking. Never yeah, mind. Never mind. Never, that, that wasn't quite the point I thought it would be. <laughs> I see I see where you were coming from. Yeah. Right. Take number four. Uh, it's from Spinata64. Must be a Ferrari fan. Uh, <laughs> Spinata64 says, Hamilton and Verstappen will never learn 
how to respect the other on track. And Leclerc will win a driver's title because of that. Oh, my <laughs> God. I mean, it's, it's becoming boring. We're just talking about the same things. <laughs> so sorry, we, we haven't got enough Lance Stroll takes in here, unfortunately. So can we, can we get something about, next week? Like, I thought we always talked about Haas, if the Masterbox is to be believed. So like, <laughs> I'm just talking about Ferrari all the time, and it's making me look like such a pessimist. In constantly telling people who are delusional that Charles Leclerc's not going to win several world championships. <laughs> oh, here's how he could win one. Hamilton and Verstappen could have a fight and then they'll stop every... No, no, they had the fight in 2021. No, I've, it's the thing, oh. right? I've seen this happen on two wheels. I've, saw, I've seen scenarios in MotoGP, for example, where... Valentino Rossi and Jorge Lorenzo had so much infighting that Marc Marquez won a world title by almost purely by picking up their scraps as those two beefed each other. So this is doable. Like I, I, the thing of this take for me, right, is that it, it's a take of two halves. The first half is very believable because I agree. Hamilton and Verstappen will never learn how to respect each other on track. I completely agree with that notion. Racing is a sport of trust and you need to trust your competitor in order for you to both be able to do so safely. Um, and it's pretty clear from the way they've acted and, and both parties are responsible for this to a degree. I'd, I'd say for Stappen more than Hamilton, but Hamilton's had his fair share of questionable moves in regards to Max as well, that they race each other differently. That's more than obvious. They race each other more aggressively. They don't trust each other. And they will pro that will probably lead to them getting into more scraps and incidents that compromise either one or both of their races. Do I think that would happen enough over a calendar year for Charles Leclerc to get his foot in the door, take advantage and win a title? Probably not. Like, if you're dreaming of a three-way title scrap and they just don't happen very often. You're probably going back to maybe 2010 for the last time we really had that sort of genuine three-way title fight um, between three manufacturers. You know, because 2012 you had five guys with two rounds to go that could still won the title, and even four on the last day, if I remember correctly, between Weber, Alonso, Vettel, and I think Hamilton had an outside chance um, going into that final race. <laughs> so, I, I don't... It's it's hard for me to evaluate because, like I said, the first half I completely agree with. The second half I I I struggle with. That I think if Leclerc wins a title, it's going to be because his car is excellent. Because that's how Formula One is. The best car tends to win ninety nine times out of a hundred. It's an engineering sport first and a driver's sport second. Um, so that's my sort of feeling out thoughts on it. I mean, what do you make of it, Kieran? If Next year, I assume we're talking about this year, uh, 2023. Sure. Okay. So if we are seeing Hamilton and that Mercedes in the position to be constantly getting into these situations with Max, which I think we all want to see. Sure. Then I would potentially agree with this take, but replace Leclerc with George Russell. I think that's much more likely. Sure. If the Mercedes can compete at the level of the Red Bull consistently, Russell is the one you would think would be picking up the scraps. But also, I, I don't... Point. I don't think Hamilton and Verstappen are stupid enough to ruin a whole season with that kind of racing. I don't think they are. I think you could, you'll definitely have, if you're putting them next to each other on the grid, 23 races in a row, it's likely to happen a few times. Like We've got the evidence of that. Even Brazil, 
Like it was just stupid, and it was. But it, again, you've got a Verstappen who's in the position of this title is sealed. Constructors is sealed. Effort. Like Why he not? did that. That felt more personal, and it did. I. I think he's got more of a calm head on his shoulders to not be stupid with that when it could have a serious implication for the title. Like in 2021, a lot of the incidents, especially near the end of the season, were Verstappen realizing he was struggling, he was losing ground. Like the title was becoming more and more Lewis's every race. So he had to do that. Sure. Whereas I think if the, unless the Mercedes just somehow overtook the Red Bull this year, which I cannot see happening. No. I think it'll be I think it'll be close and I think Mercedes might take constructors for this reason of having Hamilton and Verstappen a very strong lineup but Leclerc wouldn't firstly not be the driver I think would be that third place amongst those three and I just can't see them being stupid enough to ruin both of their respective seasons Lewis is way too sensible to do that Agreed. I think I think Max is heading more in that direction as well like he's proved himself already he doesn't need to keep doing that but there will yeah. be something something yeah. will happen Max has always been an over-aggressive driver, in my opinion, from the very start of his F1 career, but we all patted on the back and applauded him for it when he was younger. You know, like, it was like, oh my God, we've got an aggressive driver in F1 again. Um, and people, I remember reading the Sky Sports columns and people loving that when he first got here. I think you're right. I think he has mellowed out a bit. Um, but his fights with Leclerc share to me that he does know where the line is with its when it's with someone that he trusts because he raced Leclerc as a child back in his karting days he's grown up racing Charles Leclerc as they've got into Formula One together you, you watch Bahrain and Saudi Arabia from last season it was was it aggressive yeah was it over the limit no and it made and it made for great racing I absolutely think he re-races Hamilton differently um but again I, I think Hamilton also races Verstappen differently Agreed. I, I, they, yeah. they they do not trust each other, yeah. and 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 that leads them to taking more aggressive lines and actions than they would do against most people. That's how. Oh, I like for us as fans, every time we see them, even on a season where the Mercedes was so far behind and maybe a, a pit stop behind, and so they were level on track, everyone mm. when we see them approaching each other, we hold our breath. Yeah, and absolutely. that speaks volumes. Yeah, we get nervy, but if I'm going to give this a two. And the reason I'm going to say two and not one is because I do agree with the first half of this. I do agree that they they will probably, but like, Hamilton's 38. We don't even know how much longer he's going to be in this sport. <laughs> like you'd think maybe two or three years would be a fair estimate. Like, they're probably going to sign another extension and then they'll figure out how long it is and goes from there. I do agree with the first half of this take, but the, I don't think it would suddenly bring Leclerc into play. If Merck's a competitive I think Kieran got it in one. If Mercs are competitive enough where those two are title contenders again and the Mercs is good enough to challenge Red Bull, um, then I think there's a much greater chance that George Russell or even Sergio Perez, given the quality of the cars around them, I think even Perez could potentially have a better chance of playing spoiler than Charles Leclerc is. That's just oh. the way I look at the situation. Like I think that's fair. So I'm going to say two. I uh, disagree, but I do see where you're coming from in the first half. And I have seen it in other series where guys guys taking each other out or going over the top in terms of aggression can lead to third parties getting involved. Kieran, what do you reckon? Uh, a lot of me wants to go one because I don't think they would be that stupid to ruin a whole season. And I don't think it'll be Leclerc. So I essentially disagree with the whole take, but... 
there is enough fruitiness between Verstappen and that's maybe the wrong word, but between Verstappen and Hamilton to I'll, I'll go to I'll go to as well on that. Yeah, yeah, great take by the way. I, I, I like that's a very intriguing way of, of framing. I did really enjoy yeah. breaking that down. I, I, I enjoyed that. So well done. We don't that. agree with you. But we but, like your take, thank but, you. But that, yeah, it, it's entertaining, and I like entertaining takes. So yeah, thank you. Uh, I, I do appreciate that. Um, Ot Mersh uh, says, take number five. Aston Martin will be a bigger challenger for the top three than Alpine or McLaren. Aston Martin will be a bigger challenger for their top three spot than Alpine or McLaren. <laughs> should we take? Should we, shall, shall we go to Mister Aston Martin enthusiast over here, Kieran? About what he thinks about Aston Martin's chances here. Well, I did pick up a business card yesterday, so I might have to be careful with what I say. How did you, you get that from? I, I can't possibly say that on stream. Um, <laughs> but being completely honest, no. I, really? I think I, I, in the next few years, I see that's the way it's going. I see. I think Aston are heading in the direction of Alpine, and they are catching up. I c- couldn't possibly say this year that. Alpine can be caught by anyone below them, really. I don't think there would be enough evidence to suggest that. But obviously, anything can happen in the course of a season. A team could turn up with such a surprise package that completely they've found things that no one else has thought of. And I wouldn't put that past Aston Martin. Like a lot of money is going into this project and it's constantly modernizing. So you could see it happening, but equally, you could see it happening with quite a number of teams on the grid. It just depends who comes in strong, who is who finds or has found that little ten percent that other people don't have. But I th- I put them solidly in that fight with McLaren and Alpine. I I put them between the two. I think I ended up going with the other day um, in constructors by the end of the year. Mm, mm. But I I think it would be an incredibly impressive season from Aston Martin to finish P five in the constructors and take a couple of really grandstand finishes, maybe a couple of podiums. I I would like to see it as a fan of the team, but I can't see them surpassing Galpine yet. I, I don't think that would happen. It's an interesting one because like the 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 hot take in me is like just dismiss this straight away and put it down as a one. But the more I think about it, the more I think there is a possibility here. I think I mean, they started last season dreadfully. I mean, it didn't help that Sebastian Vettel got COVID. Um, that didn't help. Um, their uh, their first spec of car was bad, genuinely like near the bottom end of the field bad. But then when Dan Fallows got you know got with the team as their new technical director, and the green ball rolled up in Catalonia, which is still one of the funnier moments of the year when Red Bull clearly didn't take too kindly to that um, and started breaking out the green cans of Red Bull. Well, I think it's just a, a moment of great pettiness. Um, I think they did get better over the course of last year. And I think by the end of the season, and I was distinctively remember in Abu Dhabi at the end of last season, Sebastian Vettel was out there running with the Alpines on merit until they went to the one-stopper and Vettel couldn't make up the lost time. Their car just wasn't capable of doing the one-stopper. But they were in there in an Alpine sandwich with Ocon and Alonso there. So they've clearly made gains. And I think if they made those gains a little bit earlier in the season and maybe the first two or three rounds weren't a complete write-off, they'd probably finish at least sixth. And I do have a couple of, you know 
caveats to this. One, I do worry about Lance Stroll. Like the driver quality could be an issue at that level. I think the higher you go up the grid, the more that risks potentially being exposed. Um, I think Alpine's got a solid driver pairing. Even if Pierre Gasly wasn't their first option, I still think there is upside to Gasly in that seat in Alpine. I think Ocon's a damn good driver. Look at McLaren. Lando Norris, I think, is the best midfielder in Formula 1. That's not an insult to Lando's abilities. I think he's better than that, but he's driven a midfield-level car exceptionally well the last couple of years. Um, If they can find a second driver that's on anywhere near his level, because Ricardo clearly wasn't that, but if Oscar does work out, then I I think they'll still be a formidable team. I... I would love a time scale on this take because if it was next year, I'd say two. If it was within the next three or four years, I'd probably move it up the scale because I think they're developing. They've got resources coming. Their you know their new factory is halfway built. The new buildings getting shown off during their car launch in a couple of weeks' time. Um, their 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 big wind tunnel is not going to be for another year or so. But there's potential here. They've proven as an outfit that they've gotten to top three or four before when they were in pink. And it's a very similar setup of, of, of team and crew. So they, it's, they've proven they can do it. I want to say three here. This might be a little high. I'm, 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 I'm going to go three here on this one. I think there's a chance. And I think there's a reasonable chance that this happens. What do you reckon, Kieran? It, it's time scale. It's time scale. I would go incredibly bold all in if we're talking in the next three years. On a three year on a three year scale, how do you how do you evaluate it? On a three year scale, I would go for I'd consider a five. That's whoa, five. It, uh, this is three year time scale. If you look at the trajectory of the teams and what's going on, I I, I genuinely think they're gonna be an outfit to be reckoned with, but I think even they would go, we're not aiming top three this year. Like if, if Aston Martin themselves were being reasonable, they would go, we really just want to keep a place a year. It would be fantastic. It'd sure. be incredible progress. So I'd go with a two for that take in 2023. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So you're saying two for next year, maybe a four, four and a half if it was in the next three years. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Like I, and I want to be along for the ride. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> this take brought to you by our friends at Aramco. <laughs> I just felt another two grand into my back pocket. Oh, beautiful. Like, that, 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 that's that's one way to fix the bad that's back, how isn't it? That's, that's how it works, internet, isn't it? That's how it works. They just paid <laughs> us to come and take over WTF1 and oh, give yeah. slightly friendly opinions. Of course. Of course. That's that's totally how it goes. You know. Uh <laughs> bold as ever, my friend. Bold as ever. Um so two takes to go. This one's from Andy Fleet 22. Hello, Andy. Hello, Andy. He says, Carlos Sainz is the better Ferrari driver as a whole. Leclerc tends to be a tends to be quicker, but Sainz is a better head on his shoulders to quickly make the right tactical call. But neither will win a driver's title. So, so Kieran, it's a five for you, buddy. I don't even need to go to you on this one. <laughs> why? Are we, why are we just talking about? Why are we just talking about Ferrari all the time? Uh, They're the most popular team, man. And this is going to come up. But, but 
Like, oh, sorry, read the take again. Read the yeah, take. Carlos Sainz is the better Ferrari driver as a whole. Leclerc tends to be quicker, but Sainz has a better head on his shoulders to make the right tactical call. Um, but neither will win a driver's title. I agree with that. I agree, neither will win a driver's title. I think, I think Carlos is more likely to defy the team when it comes to strategy. And yeah. I think he proved that a couple of times to his benefit last season. Stop inventing. Stop yeah. inventing. Mm. I think either Charles will become more that way or Ferrari will just stamp out the issues they were having. Mm. And you would you would hope it would be Ferrari going. Like Fred Fred said in a conference the other day, he said, we want less people involved in the strategy decisions and we want to trust the people that we are putting in those positions to make the right calls. Makes sense. So hopefully that becomes not a factor for the drivers or the team. It just happens and it works first time. But I would agree up to now, I think science has been more strong-minded when it's come to that. He knows when they've been going to make a mistake and he's called them out over it. I think Carlos in 21 especially was incredibly consistent at the end of the season. But I don't think in 22 he had a fantastic time and a lot of it not his fault particularly. Um, George Russell had something to say about that turn one. Ricardo taking him out of the race. Suzuka. He's had a lot of bad luck, but I, I wouldn't put him far off Leclerc currently, but I think Leclerc is a better driver. I just think Carlos is more likely to tell the team to leave him alone. So um, I would go, I know I'll give him a rating later. You've not given your take yet. Sorry. Um, Again, a, a multi-layered take here. Um, I disagree with the notion that Sainz is the better Ferrari driver. I think Leclerc um, is... I, I don't think it's by a huge margin for what it's worth, but I think I would take Leclerc over Sainz. I think Sainz is, is, is a good driver. I'd even say he's a very good driver. I think Leclerc is a great driver. I think Leclerc is incredibly fast i think he's got great racecraft overall i think he is a proven entity that can win multiple races a year with the right equipment and he has proven that already multiple times in formula one the body of work is just stronger for leclerc at the highest level for me and i haven't like i think leclerc is still good enough to win a title i think signs is good and yes, I, I I agree with some of the sentiment that maybe Science has got a bit of a cooler head on his shoulders, and that you know maybe he's prepared to think outside the box a little bit more, like we saw at Silverstone last year, where you know he and the team are at loggerheads over what to do when maybe he wasn't faster than Leclerc on the day, but was still able to keep his car in front. Now, how that blends in with Ferrari strategy issues. You can debate for yourself on that one. It's 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 a messy, complicated web <laughs> of of breaking down accountability that I don't think anybody has a completely straight answer on. But I don't. I, the thing about them not winning a title again. I mentioned this. I think last week I said, "Well, is Leclerc loyal enough to Ferrari where he's going to stick it out for the long haul to see if if they can turn it round." You know, like, and again, I think I think Starplay finished in the chat has a great take on this. Leclerc has talent but lacking maturity. Science has maturity but la but less raw talent. Which one would I rather have in those scenarios? And for me, give me the guy with the raw talent over the guy with the cool head more than anything else. I think they're absolutely factors that can lead to success, but I would rather the talented guy over the mature guy. 
personally. Um, and I think Leclerc as a raw talent is as good as almost anyone in F1. And it's easy to forget Leclerc is a lot younger than Sainz. Like Leclerc still has time to develop that maturity of racing at the highest level. But I also think neither of them will win a title either. So I like I disagree with the signs being a better Ferrari driver, but I also kind of agree that neither will win a title. What? So, yeah, like I mean, you've given me hell for saying Leclerc wouldn't win a title. <sighs> you don't think what? Mm. Straight this whole podcast, I've been getting. <laughs> Sarky comments because I don't think he'll win a world championship. You can't just now say, back me up, chat. He's been saying Leclerc's going to win a world championship. Everyone can confirm that. What are you talking about? I like to rib you. It's part of the fun. Um, but uh... but what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Do you I think he, you think he'll win a world championship or not? I think he can win a world title with Ferrari, but I'm not sure he's going to stick around long enough to find out. <laughs> that's that's so the you, thing. You think he'll win a world championship elsewhere? I think that's. I think that's a more likely possibility. What do you think he will? Yes, oh. eventually. Okay. God, because I thought that's what I thought you thought before you said you didn't think that. But now yeah. I know you what you still thought what you thought. You 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 were looking for a gotcha so badly there. Well, I got you? one. You just said he was. You literally said he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna world, win a world title after giving me so much grief for saying that. Nuance is a dangerous is a dangerous. I don't think you understand what nuance means, Dre. You said <laughs> two completely opposite things. <sighs> That context is important, Kieran. You know, you, uh, you said when he wins a world championship, I'll be laughing at you. That's what you said about twenty-three minutes ago. Yeah, but I didn't necessarily say it was going to be for Ferrari. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop talking, but I am furious. I am furious at what's just happened, and I hope the chat are furious as well. I know you're not going to read the ones who are agreeing with me. What are they saying, Dre? What are they saying? Uh, is anyone here? Does anyone on, care? They're, they're they're on the fence on this one. Oh, of course they are. Like they're, they're, Dre is himself. I've seen a lot of freeze here. I've seen a lot of freeze. No, 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 no. That's not that's not what I'm asking, Dre. No, I'm asking no. what have the chat said about you changing your opinion on Leclerc winning a world title? I'll get the chat up myself if I have to. <laughs> I, I will do it. Feel free. I do not mind, but I I think this I think it's genuinely down the middle. I, I think it's I think I think there's. I think there's layers to this. I really do. I'm going to go free on this one. I think I, re I refuse to rate it because I think the whole system's broken and we're living in a simulation. <laughs> oh, so let me get this straight. Because you're not sure now, we're basically living in the Matrix. I see how this is now. Pre yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I what was it? What was the take again? I've completely one forgotten. more time. Carlos Sainz is the better Ferrari driver as a whole. Leclerc tends to be quicker. Sainz has a better head on his shoulders to quickly make the right tactical call, but neither will win a title. Uh, uh two. <laughs> okay. I don't care anymore. The whole the, the whole thing's rigged. Rigged. It's all rigged. <laughs> rigged in what sense? Like, what am I trying to win here? I, I like. Well, I don't know, but you've, you've given opposite opinions in the same episode. I'm so no, confused. No, because I, I think who am I? I think Charles can win, but it, it takes more than his ability to win a world title. I mean, like, it's it's. It, I think there's more. There's more things that could potentially disrupt him than his pure talent himself. So, that, what what percentage do you think it's likely he will win a world championship in his entire career? Yeah, maybe forty percent. Okay, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> Absolutely baffling. Carry on. <laughs> okay, okay. Final take of the episode coming up. Uh, oh, Knoxway 47. Alonso will finish best of the rest next season. 
I don't care anymore. <laughs> um, uh, who like who are going to be the prime candidates for this? You've got to throw Norris in there, naturally. Ocon, I think you've got to throw in there. And then I guess I would be looking at Alonso. I think he would be next up for me. I, I, like I said, I think Piastri's going to have a strong season. I don't think he'd be pushing that far up. I think he'll, I think he'll be impressive, but I don't think he'd be like pushing top six, uh, top seven. Uh, Alonso's definitely one of the ones who comes to mind for me. Um, but yeah, what, what are you thinking? Um, and then well, what are you going to change your answer to in twenty minutes? This, this this podcast won't be on for another 20 minutes, but um, maybe next week we'll see. Um, someone will clip it and put it on social media somewhere and say, oh my God, you changed your mind. Like, that's such a foreign concept. Um, but I think I think you're right in how you've broken it down. I think that the I think the two main line contenders are going to be Ocon and Norris in that sort of midfield. Assuming we're taking the top three out of the equation when you say best of the rest. I'm going to make that assumption you mean Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull, and not that top three. So out of everybody else, um, I would I would say those three are probably your favorites for that seventh spot. Norris has proven he can do it on a couple of occasions, even better than that in some cases when McLaren did have a genuine top three level car a couple, a couple of years ago. Um, Ocon's up there, very consistent driver. That always helps. Points mean prizes. Racking up the points every weekend is always useful over a season. Alonso can do it. If he can adapt to this Aston Martin, I, I, I still absolutely believe he has the ability. He was excellent at Alpine last year. I think he was a little bit better than Ocon last year, um, which was a little bit of a surprise. I think the first year together, they were very evenly matched. Um, and then the following year, um, Alonso, I think, was a little bit better. So I think even at 41, I think Alonso still got it. And I think he could factor into that seventh place fight. So again, I want to say three here. Um, it's a bit of a cop out number. But again, I think there's a reasonable chance. I would still probably say that given strength of car, Norris and Ocon's got better chances. But I think he's got a, a reasonable, you know, a, re- a reasonable chance of being able to to maybe leapfrog them if everything goes his way at Aston Martin next year. So I would say I'm leaning I'm leaning a bit towards two, but I'm going to say three on this one. What do you reckon, Kieran? Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll stick with a three on that. I think, like you say, in my in my head, Ocon's a favourite for that where things currently lie. Norris would be there. But I, I think, like I say, I think Aston will be in a fight with McLaren this year. And Alonso, Alonso versus Norris, we've seen before that Norris struggles to overtake Alonso. Alonso, Alonso just, he he knows tricks of the trade that Norris hasn't quite got to grips with yet. And with the way these new cars can get close to each other but burn out tyres, Fernando is happy to just play a complete strategy game for his team. And I, I can see it. Uh, no three. I'm I'm keeping Ocon as my favourite for it, so I'll go three. That's fair enough. That's entirely fair enough. I'm with you on that one. Three. I think the chat was a little on the lower end. Maybe a two. I saw a few twos in there. So I think that's I think that's completely fair. I think I still, if I was a betting man, I would still say probably no. Ocon and Norris probably have slightly better chances given where the field is at at the moment. But I don't think it's unreasonable um, for, for that suggestion to come through on that one. But 
Thanks to everybody for sending in your takes for Hot Takes Wednesday. That was a very spicy episode indeed. Um, yeah, If you're going to send them in next week, uh, see if you can maybe not mention Charles Leclerc before Kieran's head explodes. Well, uh, I mean, uh, Dre, I, I just think I'm not hearing things correctly because I'm sure you're the one who's changed opinion on it multiple times. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I will not be made to feel the fool when you agree with me. I, I you agree with me. I, I I think it's more complicated than that, but that's what makes it fun, and and, well, and, and, and I'm and I'm completely okay with that, and well, you know, like it's okay to change your mind, Kieran. In, in, yeah, but not in the space of twenty minutes after you've had a go at someone for saying the thing that you then agree with. I'm what poking, are you doing? I'm poking fun at you, and you love it. Uh, we'll be I back. hate it. This is horrible. <laughs> I hate this show. I hate this. This is stupid. I'm going. I'm not going to stay here, but. <laughs> He loves it, really. We'll be back next week for another edition of Hot Takes Wednesday. I've been Dre Harrison. He's been Kieran Oaks, and he's going to drink some milk to calm down now. I'm going to have a strong whiskey. <laughs> Until next time. Thanks for watching. Sign out. Yeah, bye.